This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... You're not going to believe that we have a gentleman that has been in the New Thought movement for almost as long as Benny's been alive. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just throwing, throwing heat right away. Throwing heat. <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, uh, Benny, uh, uh, David Essel is our guest for the entire hour, and he has been on KKNW several times. And uh, and it's one of, you know, he's been on... Uh, um, where, where, wasn't he on, um, uh, the name escapes me real quick. She's on right after me, though. Uh, oh, you mean Dr. Pat's show. Dr. Dr. Pat's Pat. show. Yes. Transformation Talk Radio. Yeah, so he's been, he's yes. back. He's back. Yes, he's been around for a long time. He is, you know, he's a, a gentleman that I, I have to say is that we owe a lot to him. Because he's been doing this for 40 years. And uh, he was uh, a leader in the New Thought movement. Jenny McCarthy says that he is the new leader of the positive thinking movement. And and he's got 12 books out. We're going to talk about his latest book. He's worth listening to, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I'm really pleased that he has taken the time to join us this morning. By the way, I do have to say, I'll say this at the top and probably at the end as well. Uh, Benning, I'm moving. I'm leaving you. I'm sorry. That's quite all right, Kevin, but it's for a good cause, so to speak. It is. We are moving to 3 p.m. Yes. on Mondays, mm-hmm. and uh, we will continue on mm-hmm. at 4 p.m. on Wednesdays and at noon on Fridays. Yeah, same day, Monday, just a little bit later, so you know you can get your beauty sleep. It's totally understandable, Kevin. And you understand why I need my beauty sleep. I do. I do. do. (laughs) You you get it. You get it. So the gentleman we're talking to this morning, he's written 12 books. We're going to talk about his latest book because it's very apropos for this particular time in our history. And uh, David, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, Kevin, great to be back with you. You know, exciting. And it's just so fun to have Benny here because, of course, Another show with Dr. Pat I've been on and, and have known Benny for a number of years. But I remember our last show that we did together, Kevin, was absolutely freaking awesome. And one of the things I said back then is, you know, your questions are always spot on. Um, giving your host a chance to express their emotions is something that a lot of hosts have never mastered. And you did a phenomenal job at that. And today we get a chance to really help this country. I mean, really help it. I have never in 43 years of being a counselor and executive coach and all the different stuff I do, I've never seen, Kevin, the absolute devastation, not just from the recent hurricane we went through in Florida, which is still wreaking hell on the state of Florida where I happen to live. But I mean, from COVID to today, the world has shifted so dramatically and we need to be uplifted. We need messages other than mainstream media telling us how horrendous everything is because there's good stuff happening out there and there are good books. Mine just happens to be one of millions that can help people heal right now. And the name of that book is? The name of the book is Helping Americans Heal, The Ultimate Guide to Healing During These Challenging Times. I got to tell you, this is the week 
If I could have you on at any given time, this would be the week. We've got the midterm elections coming up. We've got a lot of uh, divisiveness in the country, and and a lot of people are feeling lost. They really are, and they don't yeah. they don't feel like they've got they they need to heal, but they don't know how. And this book will help them, won't it? Yeah, and Kevin, something you just said is dead on. And 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 in the book, we have about a hundred writings on different topics. Everything from how to deal with ADD to anxiety, depression, PTSD, suicidal ideation, um, from family breakups, marriage breakups, uh, career decisions. I, I mean, everything is in there. And, and then we also have an article in there called The World is Grieving. And what most people don't understand, like I stay away from the news. I ask people to stay away from the news. Um, you know, you can find out in 10 minutes a day, everything that's going on, just go over to your neighbor's house, walk next door to the cubicle, whatever is missing, someone is going to be able to tell you, you don't have to be engaged in it. But listen, the more we're engaged with social media, with the regular media, not you guys, because you guys are doing positive stuff. But you know, the more we're engaged, the more we get sucked into the vortex of what's called mass consciousness. In other words, Prior to COVID, we may not have had people that were as willing to be politically as divisive as they are today. COVID opened up this doorway that even meek little 86-year-old moms have a voice on social media screaming about hating this president and loving this president. And what's happened is, is that when we get caught up in the negativity and sensationalism of media, we can't differentiate, most of us, that a lot of it is put in front of us to get us emotionally excited. It doesn't mean it's factual at all. It means it's sensational. So if you believe everything you read, everything you watch, everything you listen to, and you go and regurgitate and re-vomit, the vomit that you've just accepted from regular media, you are not helping this world. And plus, you're a codependent human being. If all you're doing is regurgitating what you hear on Fox, MSNBC, NBC, blah, 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 whatever the channels are, all you're doing is regurgitating. And listen, Kevin, I've got a great story of how I used to do this all the time. I'm not pointing fingers. I did it in my industry. From 1980 to 1996, I promoted 40 weeks a year traveling this ridiculous concept called the law of attraction. Whatever you believe and put out in the universe must respond in kind. If that was true, Kevin would not have a show. I wouldn't have books to write. If all you had to do was think positive crap and have vision boards and affirmations and your world would become beautiful, great. Well, I used to teach that. It doesn't work that way. And if it does, it's called a miracle. So I have to come back and I have to say, hey, listen, I've made errors too. I've bought into mass consciousness. You know, my gurus, my teachers, who I believed without fail, and I should not have, it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they got sucked into the vortex as well. So I'm following and following, just like we're doing with today's media, Kevin. People aren't thinking. We have a, a country that has no more ability to think for themselves. They think from what they see, watch, read, listen to. But there's very few independent thinkers today. And hopefully on this show, we can start to broaden some minds for people to take care of themselves, because with self-care, you can become a more critical thinker. I think that's a beautiful concept. It really is. But I got to ask you, though, 40 years ago, none of this existed. You're like one of the very first 
people that was out there with a message like this. Um, what was it like 40 years ago? I, I mean, I remember 40 years ago, but I wasn't involved with uh, I, 20 years ago, like my, my, uh, where I came into it. But you, you've been doing it for so long, and yeah. it's, and, and you know, you said the most interesting thing. You said that you're, you're an author of 12 books, and your first five or six books didn't really sell very well, and they, and, but you didn't give up. You kept going. That's the cool thing. Yeah. You know, it, it was a different world, Kevin. I mean, 40 years ago on media was totally different. 40 years ago, speaking was very different. Um, you know, 40 years ago, people were much more open-minded, believe it or not, you know, to the fact that maybe there's a different opinion other than mine. <laughs> that we, We've lost that, you know, whatever your opinion is, you believe it's godlike and you know, and that's and the other thing that's ramped up over the last 40 years that's really kind of sad. And the reason why so many people are in such terrible shape um, is that 40 years ago, you know, we actually believed that taking care of ourselves was an important part of our existence. Um, we you know, 40 years ago, instant gratification was not something even though it's it's always been around. People have always wanted you know, to make money without doing work. And people have always wanted to have a relationship where they didn't have to work. They found their soulmate and never argued for the rest of their life. Of course, there was that stuff 40 years ago, you know, but it was never as prevalent as it is right now. I mean, when I, I work with clients from all over the world, and the very first thing when they sign up one-on-one, -on -one, as I say to them, you know, and I, I just wrote this on, on, on Facebook last night, if you're struggling with anxiety, and it's been going on for a while, please don't do anxiety work for 30 days and think you're going to heal. Please don't do grief work for 30 days and think it's over with. Please don't do work, you know, to change your body for 30 days because we're so into this freaking instant gratification mindset. And that's not the way the world works. And it's not the way it's ever worked. You know, Colonel Sanders made his first million of dollars and he opened up KFC at 68 years of age. Wow. 68. He spent from 20 to 68 peddling this damn chicken. <laughs> no one wanted, right? And then at 68, he blows the doors open, becomes a millionaire. At 88, he becomes a billionaire. But let's slow down. This is the way people create success 90% of the time. You know, you might have that 10%, Kevin, that just happened to be in the right place in the right time. You know, and I'm not taking away anything from those people. And a year down the road, they're making a million a year where their best friend, it took 10 years to make 300,000 a year, you know. So there are people that happen to be maybe a little luckier, you know, maybe in the right place, the right time. Maybe they had the right connection and I didn't have the right connection, which is why it took 20 years of writing books before anyone paid attention to my book writing. But you know, that's been something that we've worked with a lot of people on, especially today. Be patient with change. There's so many forces from the outside world hitting you. Negativity. I mentioned the media, the war in Ukraine, uh, inflation, um, our upcoming political, you know, um, uh, the, the voting in just what did you say, seven days or something like that, you know, um, the the vaccine crap is still out there. You know, there's all kinds of insanity still going on. So when we look at what we're being hit with today versus 40 years ago, oh my God, it's night and day, Kevin. We, we didn't have this tragedy after tragedy after tragedy that affected the whole country 40 years ago like this. Now, they say that, you know, I forget when the Spanish flu, flu, uh, flu was, 1916 or something like that, but yep. is that right? 
But okay, now I wasn't around back then physically. Of course, I've always been hanging around this earth spiritually, bugging the crap out of people when I'm not in physical form. I just love doing that, Kevin. But, you know, in 1916, I wasn't here. I don't know if at the same time the Spanish flu hit, that there was, you know, major war that could lead to, uh, you know, Armageddon, uh, that there was this incredible political divisiveness at the level that we have today. We've always had racial dysfunction. We've always had racial dysfunction. We've always had racial dysfunction, in case someone hadn't heard it the first two times. Okay, so that could have been going on back then, right? But I don't believe that the world was crumbling the way it seems to be today. Now, my most optimistic friends that are therapists will say the same thing Carlos Santana said uh, 25 years ago when I went to a concert and there was something going on in the world. There was a lot of problems at this time when I was at Carlos Santana's concert. And he said this. He said, Mother Earth is simply removing a coat that needed to be removed a couple years ago. And balance will come back into the world once she's removed this coat. Now, the coat he was referring to was climate challenges and wars and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, he was just saying that this is part of the cycle of life, going through periods of dysfunction and Mother Nature is removing her coat. And within six months, a year, two years, things will be back to balance. In this case, I think it's going to take a lot longer than two months or six years or whatever for the world to come back to balance because we've gotten so out of balance. But here's the good news, and, and, and I want people to really listen to this. Regardless of what's going on around you, you have the power to be so impactful if you follow your intu intuitive voice, your guidance from within, and stay as an independent human being, not getting suckered into belief systems that are not yours, but are being projected by television, social media, your friends, whatever it might be. If you can stay an independent person, look to help people on a daily basis, give that smile to someone when you don't want to, give someone a compliment when you're feeling down yourself, volunteer if you have the time. These are all signs of the independent person. Disengage from arguing about politics, wars, pandemics, uh, it's just disengage, you know, this is the world of the independent person, Kevin, is that they choose not to be engaged in arguments in the gym or arguments at home or arguments at work. You know, they just go, oh, that's your opinion about the Republicans. Oh, that's your opinion about the Democrats. Oh, that's your opinion about Ukraine. Thank you for sharing. Yep. And just say that that's an independent human being. They don't need to get suckered in and prove that they're right and this other person is wrong the way that the world has been set up right now. They're very comfortable being noncommittal to having a response when someone says, what do you think about the presidential election? An independent person may say, you know, I have my thoughts, but they really aren't important. They're just important to me. That would be an independent person because they know they're being suckered in to an argument if they say the thing that's opposite of the person so humbly asking the damn question. There's no humble questions when it comes to politics, war, pa uh, pandemics, et cetera. People are looking for an edge. They're looking to get you on the side. But what we teach, and you'll read in this book, Helping Americans Heal, you'll read the art of disengagement and how when you disengage from potentially explosive or argumentative situations, you are teaching the world how to heal. You're teaching your children. When your children see you turning the news off, they're watching you. When they hear you not get into a discussion about the political scene or the war, they're paying attention. 
But the flip side is true too. If you are adamant that you have a message that's 100% correct and everyone has to hear it every day, your children are hearing that arrogance. They're hearing that divisiveness and they are willingly following you down that road to hell, Kevin. <laughs> I got to ask you, what do you think? Because 40 years ago, we did not have social media. None of that was out there. How has that impacted us over the last 40 years? I mean, it's, I think it's had a great impact. What do you think? You know, if anyone goes to my Facebook pages right now, and I encourage you to, or my Instagram page, you know, I encourage you, it's just David Essel, right? If you go there, you will see puppy dog tales, sunsets, motivational statements. You'll see articles, you know, we just uh, donated time and money to a huge children's hospital. Um, that's what you're going to see on any of the, in, uh, my, my LinkedIn profile. Everything is the same. It's all positive news. It's all uplifting news. There's no divisiveness on any of my pages. And if someone tries to post underneath something, I post something divisive. I just don't respond. If it's a, a personal attack, Kevin, I just delete their, their, their comment and I, I don't respond. Right. But <clears throat> from my perspective, the way that I work social media, it's a freaking miracle, man. I can lift people in, in China that would have never heard of me before. I can lift people who live next door to me that don't know who the hell I am. I can do great work in social media. Unfortunately, you and I, maybe maybe 10% of people on social media have really a clue of what social media is about. The rest of us have gotten suckered into the vortex of arguing, righteousness, impatience, irritability, arrogance all of the crap, but you won't find that anywhere on David Essel's pages. So I encourage you, go to my pages, see what it's like. If you've never seen clean Facebook pages, if you've never seen clean YouTube pages, I mean, I make fun of myself. You know, I, I goof around and everything. As a matter of fact, I posted this thing on Instagram and I put, am I the only person on Instagram that doesn't have a my fans only page? And if you guys know what a my fans only page is, it's these pages where women try to get you to pay two bucks or a hundred bucks a month to see them in lingerie or nude or whatever it might be, right? In bathing suits and and no, David Essel will not have a bathing suit page where you pay me two dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month. Okay. So, but you know, I goof around, Kevin. I have fun, you know, and but then I'm also very serious. I'll give tips on depression, anxiety, grief. I lost my mom and dad in the last year and a half. I'm still going through grief. Um, I will for a while now. Now, the grief has shifted to about maybe 60% or 70%. Oh, my God, complete adoration of my mom and dad, complete love for them. And then 20 to 30% is hysterical tears. You know, I mean, just like, holy crap, it's still here. I, I haven't moved through it all. And I share that, you know, on social media. So, we can use social media as an amazing platform for inspiration, growth, and I love that. And, and Kevin, if more people start to really listen to what you and I are saying and follow the sanity that I'm offering, that is going to be a major way we can help heal this country too. It's an amazing thing when you are doing such good work and you're not taking the negative side of it. You're not picking fights and stuff like that. You know, it, it changes you. You no yes. longer want to do that. You want to be kind. You want to yeah. understand how people are living. It's very, very dysfunctional lives because 
of everything that's going along. And, and, and it's, it's great that you're doing that. I, I just, that's why I love having you on the show. You're just awesome. Thank you, Kevin. I, and I've got a great story. You know, we, we certify people to become uh, executive master life coaches so they can go out and do the work that I do. And we had a gentleman um, that was going through the course and he was getting right to the end of it. And we teach people how to use social media correctly. You know, I mean, when you go through the course, you're a leader now, man. Don't be putting out BS. If you're going to be certified by David Essel, I don't want any BS of you putting your crap out on social media because it reflects on me. Not only does it reflect on you, but it reflects on me too. So I, we're, we're in our final couple of weeks of, of the course. And then he says, I've got to be honest with you. I've been doing something that I'm not proud of and you won't be proud of it either, but I've got to tell you what I've done. He said, I'm very political. I've never told you that, Dave. And right away, I knew there was going to be a problem coming down the road for him, you know? And he said, so there's this woman on, on Twitter that I continue to argue with, you know, she's pro whatever, you know, side of, of, of the uh, political equation and I'm the opposite. And I had posted a couple of days ago that I was finishing up my life coach certification and she had posted something and I had posted this really negative comment and underneath it, she said, and you actually are thinking about calling yourself a life coach, question mark. <laughs> and Kevin, it woke him up and it should be the same. If someone posts a bunch of nonsense, someone should say, and you consider yourself a good parent because your children can read these comments and you consider yourself a good teacher and you consider yourself a good attorney and you consider yourself a good doctor and you, and we can go down the line, but here's a guy that is, you know, promoting the fact that he's becoming certified to help this world heal. He's becoming certified to help people get in a good mood and he's bashing someone. And so he said to me, David, it's changed my life forever. Her comment woke me up. I have deleted every negative thing I put out on Twitter and I'm starting over fresh. And Kevin, that's music to my ears. And let me mention something because people should know this statistic. You either positively or directly negatively affect seven people every day at a minimum. Those seven people that you positively or negatively affect also affect seven people every day in the minimum. And those people who they have been negatively or positively affected through three or four people down the chain from you are reaching out and affecting seven more people. So when you think about it, your negative post on social media isn't just for the two people that like it or two people that hate it or whatever. Everyone sees it and they're affected, Kevin. No one can see that crap and not be affected. So if you want to be a positive force in this world, you know, it's not just your arrogant comment that you're right and everyone's wrong. That's the problem. It's the trickle down effect it, that it continues to sink lower and lower. And then the bottom feeders, you know, those 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 leeches in this world that love to take this stuff and blow it up. And I'm going to mention a name here. And if you have to edit it out, edit it out. Alex Jones is one of those people. Alex Jones is one of those leeches in society. Now, you can say I'm being highly judgmental, and I am, and I'm going to tell you why. One of my best friends is Scarlett Lewis. Scarlett Lewis's son, Jesse, was murdered in the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. Alex Jones has the balls to go up to these parents that have lost their children, open the door with a camera in their face and saying, this is all a cover-up. 
your child is still alive. Where's your child? We know the government created this as a cover-up. I mean, my God, Kevin, you know, he's just been fined something like a billion dollars or whatever. And, and he's got to be taken, you know, but put somewhere. His messages are so destructive. And of course, underneath someone like that, who is a leech, you will find leeches attached to him spreading the same insanity. And if I didn't have a close friend who lost her son and that damn massacre, I wouldn't be as profoundly upset as I am right now that we have people like this. And then we have the leeches underneath him that are all codependent human beings. They can't think for themselves and they're attracted to sensationalism and sensationalism gets blown up. This is what I want to get blown up. I want you to follow me and I want you to blow up the hell out of your social media by doing the same crap I'm doing. Let's go in the opposite direction. Instead of following these freaking idiots that are bringing this country down and, and, and helping to fuel the hatred, to fuel the divisiveness, let's go in the opposite direction. Come to David Essel on Facebook. Come to David Essel on LinkedIn. Come to David Essel on Instagram. And I'm not the only hero here. <laughs> I say that in parentheses. I'm not the only good guy. There's millions of us out there. But sensationalism gets attention. So let's start being sensational about how positive we are and how we're moving through mountains and how I'm having a tough day, but I'm not giving up. You know, let's start turning that social media world into something that can lift this country instead of destroy it as it is right now. Have you heard of that uh, um, that old uh, uh, thing? Would you rather have a million dollars or a penny doubled every day? Yes, I have. That's how it works for us. Amen. Because if we we have a positive impact, we can double our penny every day. Amen. And that, and that turns into a national movement. At the same time, we can also do what Mr. Jones has done, and that is bring a, a group of people that resonate with his message for whatever reason I can't imagine. Um, and, the, and, the, and it grows in a negative way. Uh, so, but you have got a positive, you can have a positive attitude and a positive impact on everybody you touch every day. And that's one of the things that I really strive to do is to, in my personal life, just be, just be kind, just be kind yeah. to people. Kevin, let, let's go back to this. Um, 40 years ago, you asked me the question, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of positive changes in 40 years. And I want to mention some of them. 40 years ago, I would have never stopped a homeless man on the street or a homeless woman and talked to them. Okay, 40 years ago, I was pretty naive, pretty ignorant. And like most people, I was afraid of the homeless. You know, they were dangerous. They were drug addicts. They were killers, they, whatever they are, right? Okay, 20 years ago, or no more, 30 years ago, I had some of the most incredible experiences with homeless men that totally shifted. You know, so much so that I'll put posts on, on, on all my social media from time to time. If you see a homeless person, look in their eyes and say hello. Allow them to feel human. Think about that. Allow them to feel human. Now, 40 years ago, I didn't have the strength or the wherewithal or the knowledge to do this and to make a difference. Now, what I do, Kevin, is that, you know, ever since COVID hit in a lot of cities around the country, when you pull up to a red light where there's an arrow, there'll be a medium there and there's homeless people panhandling. 
And it happens all the time in the city I'm living in. And so I'll roll down the window. I'll hand them a couple dollars. But first I'll say, hey, what's your first name? And they'll go, uh, Mark. I go, Mark, great to meet you. Yeah, how are you doing today? I, ha, have you made enough money for food? You know, he goes, well, you know, it's interesting that you ask. It's a Thursday and Thursdays are usually pretty good days, but today hasn't been good. And I'll just put $2 out and I'll go, God, Mark, I hope your day gets better. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you soon. The next day I see Mark again, right? And so I start to create this and I'll tell you something, Kevin, it is such a benefit to me to see their face light up with no teeth they, they're, they're, you know, they look to be 90. They're all like 30s and 40s because of addiction and mental health issues and all these other kind of things. But when I see that toothless smile light up because I said good morning to them, it is so worth it. Now, 40 years ago, I didn't know that I had that power. And everyone has that power. Now, you're down a dark alley. You see a homeless person, totally different scenario. Okay. I don't know what's going on in that dark alley. I'm talking about reasonable ways to treat human beings. The homeless are human. It's the same thing with someone in a wheelchair. It's the same, you know, like we, we've got to, now 40 years ago, seeing someone in a wheelchair would make me a little anxious, nervous. Do I say, hi, Mr. Handicapped person? Hi, you know, do I, what do I do? 40 years later, it's conversation, man. Don't worry about what you're saying. Treat them as humans. And so, Kevin, there's some things that we've really done well over 40 years, like the expansion I'm talking about here. And then there are still a lot of things that we have to be very careful of. Technology can be great, and it can also be the worst thing in the world. I, I, I couldn't agree more. As a matter of fact, you were you had me you had me thinking about you know um, I believe that in the experiences of our life that things happen to us for a reason and that we grow from them all. And the, at one time, um, I, I tell you, David, at one time I flew around the country with a company credit card and could throw the card down and could buy drinks for the anybody I wanted. And we had dinner and I would go to sit in vice president's offices and we would talk about. I was selling chicken. As a matter of fact, and uh, <laughs> and I would do that and and fly around the country and all of that, stay in real nice places and all of that. Fast forward twenty years, I'm driving a metro bus in downtown Seattle, right? And I get to meet what we affectionately called the bottom third of society, the bottom three yes. percent, actually. And what I learned from that is that whether it's a vice president of a major company that you're sitting there talking to, or it's a guy that's got 50 cents to his name and can't afford his bus fare, they're a human being. And you that's haven't right. got the opportunity and the, and in my opinion, the obligation to treat them like an equal person and an equal human being. And it makes you feel so much better. Uh, Kevin, you know, you're, you're so right on. And I, I got to share this story. Uh, a number of years ago, I'm living in Sarasota, Florida, down by this marina. This marina was beautiful. It had rolling green uh, areas and, and the homeless would congregate there during the day because it was so beautiful right on the water. I mean, they would, you know, roll out their, their blanket, their knapsack. And of course, the police would go around and rile them up every once in a while. But for the most part, it was really peaceful. I would run through that parking lot of the marina every day. And I would have shorts on and I'd be sweating my butt off and I never had any money with me. But every day out of the bushes would come this guy and his name was Mark. And he'd come out and he was like probably 35 and he looked 80. He had no teeth. He was just really, really in bad shape. And he'd go, excuse me, sir. I just need $2 to get back to my, my brother who's going to get me a job in construction. It was the same story every day. It happens all around the world, you know. 
I'd say, Mark, good to see you. And he'd look at me and go, have we met before? I go, Mark, we've met every day for the past 30 days. Huh? And, you know, he was just out of it. You know, he, he just, he couldn't remember anything. And, and I said, Mark, listen, we do this dance all the time. You know, I don't run with money in my pocket. And I put my hands in my pocket and I go, my God, there's a dollar bill. This is so weird. So I pull it out and I go to hand it to him, Kevin, and it's a five. Now, this is hilarious, David Essel. I start to pull it back, right? I go, oh, my God, I don't mind giving a couple of dollars, but a five? And he had seen it. And so I said, okay, I can't pull it back. So I handed it to him, and I blessed it. And I said, Mark, I'm blessing that money. Use it for your highest good, please. Whatever that means to you, but please use it for your highest good. And he took it, and he said, oh, my God, it's a five. I said, I know, Mark. Honestly, I thought it was a one. I go, go ahead, go ahead and keep it. And he goes, I can't take it without giving you something in return. I said, Mark, trust me, whatever you have, I don't need. He goes, no, no, no. And he starts going through his knapsack, Kevin. And he's pulling. So I go, Mark, I don't need a thing. I'm fine. He goes, okay, wait a minute. I still can't walk, let you walk away. You gave me a $5 bill. I'll tell you what. I make up stories really good. And I can make up one really fast. Can I give you that for your $5? I go, Mark, how long's the story? He goes, no more than five minutes. Kevin, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. All right, Mark, go ahead. Kevin, he had me from the first word. The story was so powerful. It was five minutes long. And at the end of it, I looked at him and I said, you are incredible. Have you ever thought about writing? He goes, no, I don't even know how to write. I said, that story you told me is so powerful. Do you mind if I put it in a book? He goes, oh, God, no, you gave me $5. Do whatever you want with it. I said, Mark, I'm going to give you credit. I don't have a, let me see if I have a copy of it. I don't have a copy right here. Let me hold on. And he's leaving his chair and he's going off to look for a book. And uh, now he's coming back to his chair. I'm coming and back. Okay. I wish I had a copy <laughs> because this is one of the most impactful books I ever wrote that the skeleton of the book was given to me by a homeless man. When I say the skeleton, he probably gave me about six paragraphs of the book, and then I expounded on it. But the name of the book is called Rockstar, Finding Your Purpose for God in Life. And the story is amazing. And I'm going to give you the gist of it, and it's going to blow your mind, Kevin. The book became a number one bestseller. It was the fastest bestseller we ever had. The story is this. It's the story of a rock, the life of a rock. Now, Kevin, besides those things that were sold years ago, what, what were they called? That The big rock thing. Oh, that, it was the, the pet rock. Pet rock. Okay. Besides the pet rock, I've never heard of anyone telling a story about the life of a rock in a desert, for God's sake. The story starts out with, here's this rock in the desert, knowing that he has a purpose in life, but he hasn't been used for his purpose yet. And so he's sitting in the desert and he's optimistic and everything else. He's got friends all around him, sticks and stones and boulders and everything else is all around him. But he doesn't know why he's here, but he knows there's a massive purpose. So one day he hears all these footsteps in the desert and he goes, oh my gosh, Someone's going to use me for a purpose. I heard that they're building a merchant castle in the middle of the desert, and I'm going to be part of the merchant castle's wall. And all the men come, and they build the castle, and he's not chosen. Him and a few other little stones and sticks were left behind. And he starts to get depressed. 
and a period of time goes by and he hears men coming back. He goes, oh, they're going to build a moat. I'm going to be the most important rock in the wall of the moat protecting the castle. And these men are going around building this moat. The moat is finished. He wasn't chosen. And he starts to go into depression. Kevin, have you ever seen the expression on a rock's face who's depressed? <laughs> Quite frankly, no. <laughs> it's a sad sight, Kevin. It's not pretty, okay? And he starts sinking into the sand. He was losing hope. But then there's this little spark in his heart that tells him, don't give up. Skimmy back to the surface. Put your face to the sun. Praise God that you're going to find your purpose in life. And he does it. And he does it over and over and over. And he goes through the ups and downs that we are going through right now in society. You know, oh, we found a breakthrough for COVID. Oh, we didn't. Oh, there's a new variant. We got a breakthrough. Oh, we don't. It's the same stuff. Oh, we have a new president and we're happy or we're not. Oh, we have elections. We're happy. It's the same thing we're going through right now. But he never gives up. And he starts to lean on his faith. And I'm going to tell you the end of the story, even though I encourage people to buy the book. It's great for kids. It's great for adults. He's just about to give up one day when he hears these massive footprints coming towards him about 100 years, yards away. And it's shaking the desert floor. Massive. And he goes, what is going on? Is my purpose going to be now stomped by something coming through the desert? And then the next thing he feels is this little pitter pat of feet, a young, a younger child, a younger boy circling him in the sand. And he goes, well, what's going on? I hear these monster footsteps. And then there's this young boy or this young man walking around me. The next thing he knows, he's picked up off the sand. And he goes, I'm going to find my purpose. I'm going to find my purpose. And before he knows it, he's thrown a million miles an hour through the air. And he goes, is this it? I'm just going to fly. And then bam. He hits a mountain and this rock falls to the sand. And he says, is that it? My purpose was to fly through the air and to hit a mountain and to land in the sand. And then a minute later, the largest crash in the world happens right next to him. And then he hears the scream of victory. Thousands and thousands of men running towards this little rock. And he was picked up. By King David. I he, knew that's where you were going with that. He was the rock that found his purpose in saving the armies of David. And that message was given to me, Kevin, by a homeless man who I never saw again. I kept running the same time, the same direction. I wanted to come through and tell him that I'm writing this book and I dedicated it to Mark the Homeless Man. I could never give him a copy. I could never find him again. I pray to God he's well. But this is what happens when we start to pay attention to people around us, people who we think have nothing to teach us, people who we think are wrong, people who we think are lazy, slovenly, whatever, dirty, whatever it might be. And I'm not just talking about the homeless. We have had a tendency in the last number of years to become highly judgmental, highly righteous individuals in this society. We're willing to give our opinion and to put people down in a moment's notice. We're willing to do whatever it takes to make us look good and someone else look bad. Now, am I saying this is 100% of the U.S. population? Nope, sure not, because there's Kevin and I. That's true. <laughs> but I am saying that there's a majority of people that have not even understood. You know, in addiction, Kevin, we say that 
what was once our vices are now habits. And that's a song from the Doobie Brothers. And what that means is, is that, you know, every once in a while, we'd have a glass of wine on a weekend. And now we're having 10 glasses of wine four days a week or seven days a week. And that habit has turned into a vice. And the same thing has happened over the last three to four years. Some of the softest, calmest, most beautiful people have turned so hard edged and so negative and so argumentative. And it's over time. And what they've created is the new known, K-N-O-W-N. These former really kind, compassionate, loving people have been sucked into the vortex of the news and they become a highly arrogant, highly opinionated. Is this the whole country? No, 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 no. But if you resonate with what I'm saying, we can change. You know, I have a gentleman that came in and he said, I'm angry all the time. Kevin, I get this constantly in my office. I'm always irritable. I'm always angry. I had a guy on the phone today saying, I'm driving through traffic and I want to rip everyone's heads off, you know? And we're starting to see this irritability come to the surface, this anger come to the surface. So I said to this gentleman, hey, listen, you've been coming in every week for three to four weeks now. And all you talk about is your anger. Here's your exercise for next week. I want you to write down everything you watch, everything you listen to, everything you read for seven straight days. And underneath the show, the book, the article, the podcast, I want you to write about the one or two or three positive messages you've gotten from what you've watched, listened to, or read. He came in the next week, Kevin, and I want to show, I have it right here, what he brought in. This is what he came in the next week with. <laughs> and I'm looking at an empty pad. It's an empty freaking legal pad. He came in and he looked at me and he goes, there's no one that could have gotten through to me the way you did with that exercise. If you would have told me to stop listening and reading and watching everything, I would have said, F you. He said, but you made me go and look for the positive. David, there was nothing positive. There, everyone was screaming at each other. Everyone was right and everyone else was wrong who's on the other side. He changed his life that day, Kevin. That one experience changed him. He is the most compassionate, loving man. He's off of all media and it works. Now, can you watch the media and not take in the negativity? Good luck. <laughs> it's it's hard it really is hard i don't i used to be a news junkie i'm not a news junkie anymore because it's it's just hard it's hard to watch it yeah. really is and it, it doesn't give you anything positive you know i have a homeless story that i can i tell you this story real quick yeah i was uh leaving the safeway where i normally shop and i hardly ever have any money in my wallet i use my card and and stuff i don't ever have any money but in this particular case i had two bills they were 20 dollars bills and a lady on my was i was going to my car and this happens to me quite a little bit because i get messages through music and so i was on my way to my car and this lovely lady comes up to me and says can you help us please i really want to get a loaf of bread um, can I get a little, could you help me with a couple of bucks to get a loaf of bread? And I pulled my wallet out and I did the same thing that you did. Was you pull your wallet out and then you look and you go, oh crap, all I got is two twenties. And, <laughs> and you can't, you know, put the wallet back and say, oh, just fooled you. Look at me. So I gave her a $20 bill. Wow. And she looked at me and she goes, now we can have grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, see, that's beautiful. So I get in my car, 
I turn on the I turn on the engine and I have a, a radio station that I listen to, and uh, the first words that come out of the radio were. Um, I think I can't remember the name of the band, but uh, Benny would know. But it's it's give a little bit. Oh yeah, give a little bit. Yes. And it was like you just give a little bit, and that that was my reward from the universe. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. And and you know, I I want to say this: the times we're in. I want to repeat this because I don't want people to think that I'm some hard ass that's coming down on everyone. No, you're, you know, you're not. You you are no. you are the most gentle soul that I know. And, and I feel that way. Thank you, Kevin. I feel that way. And I feel my only purpose on earth really is to help. It really is. I'm not here to create divisiveness. I never talk politics. I don't tell anyone who I vote for, why I vote for them. I don't talk to people about my stance on the vaccine. I don't talk to people my stance on Ukraine, uh, Russia. Well, I don't talk about any of my stances because it doesn't matter. It's just my opinion. And my opinion, quite frankly, doesn't matter. But because we're in such unprecedented times, which is why I wrote the book, Helping Americans Heal, because it has a hundred writings and you will find yourself and solutions for anxiety, irritability, procrastination, weight gain, relationship challenges, career challenges, PTSD. You know, I have a story in there. Most people don't understand. And I don't know if people can see it, but uh, the name of the book is Helping Americans Heal, the ultimate healing guide during these challenging times. It's available on Amazon, but I want to tell a story if we have time about a woman with PTSD. Yes, we, Do we have, have time. time. Yep. Okay. So she came to me and most people don't understand PTSD. And this is the reason I wrote the book. Most people don't understand where depression comes from, which we say in the book. Um, anxiety, we say in the book, insomnia, we say, I mean, we, we really do give an extreme amount of answers for all the challenges we're going through. So this woman calls me and she says, hey, listen, I don't even know if you can help me. I'm dealing with some kind of depression. Um, I just don't feel like doing anything, David. It's probably low-grade depression, but I'm just lost. And so I said, well, tell me your story, you know? So here was her story since COVID began. She got divorced right about eight months after COVID started. Uh, within the first year, she lost her job. In the second year, she lost her home. And in that second year, she lost both of her dogs. And I'm listening to the story and I'm asking her symptoms. She can't eat. Some people overeat. Um, she's starting to drink more than, than normal. But she cannot get a good night's sleep ever. She's struggling finding a job. She's struggling finding a place to live. She's and I stopped her and I said, ma'am, I said, listen, this is not low-grade clinical depression. This is full-blown PTSD. This is what I hear when I work with a veteran that's come back from overseas. This is PTSD. You have anxiety, depression. You haven't mentioned anything about suicide, but you have hopelessness. You have apathy. You have procrastination. I said, this is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We treat that very differently than standalone anxiety, standalone depression. I mean, this is the mother load, the perfect storm. PTSD is the perfect storm of all human storms. And so we started working with her on each individual area, Kevin, in order it took us a year and a half to get just getting her back on her feet right now. But you know, a lot of people don't understand, oh, I couldn't have PTSD because of. Listen, if you've lost a loved one in the last three years, if you've lost a job, a pet, if you've lost a best friend, you may be experiencing anxiety and depression, 
But if that grief is deep enough, it can easily go right into PTSD, which is one of the most difficult emotional and mental health orders to treat because it's so multifaceted. But we know how to treat it. It just takes time. It's kind of like a bad country music song, what she was going yes. through. You know, she lost her house. She lost her, and and I th I really think that we all, at one point in our lives, we all go through that. Yeah. At one point, you know, I at one point I lost my dad. I lost my dog. My uh, my wife left. I lost the house. I declared bankruptcy. I ran into a bridge. You know, all all kinds of yeah. weird stuff. Um, it, but it depends on how you choose to handle it, or if you've got the support network around you to be able to get that done. You just said something huge. So, you know, the support network and part of the support network, guys, is what you watch, listen to and read. Please don't let this slip by. That's a support network. You know, I have, I have a woman I started with last week and what, what we try to get all of our clients to do, and eventually they all do it, is the first 20 minutes and then we bring it to an hour, but we start clients at 20 minutes with no electronics for the first 20 minutes of the morning, nothing, no news, no text, no email, no social media, nothing for 20 minutes. Now, eventually we get them to an hour. We take that time for prayer, meditation, journaling, reading, inspirational books, a book in your hand, like a real, real book, not your Kindle, nothing to do with electronics. Okay. <laughs> and so she was talking to me about her, how her whole life is out of balance. And I said, how do you start your day? She goes, well, it doesn't matter how I start my day, David. I, I can't sleep at night. I said, I know. How do you start your day? The first two hours of every day are political news, junky stuff. First two hours. So if anyone's going to start your day with media, you're going to start your day in the hole. Now, in order to get her to believe that, I had to ask her to not watch any media for three days in a row. And here's the signs that you want to look for. She went through withdrawal, Kevin. I can believe she it. She couldn't do it for three days in a row. On the second day, she started getting extremely anxious. And on the third day, she just turned it back on. Now, I just started working with her. So I told her it's going to be, we're going to take time. We're going to have patience. But she's created that belief system that it's crucial for her to stay in the know, to find out what's going on. And I tell everyone, if a hurricane is coming, my neighbors are going to tell me. Okay, so I don't have to worry about being tuned into the news for anything. And I keep saying, I've said this earlier in today's show, trust yourself. Take the first 20 minutes to start with, sit in nature, write about gratitude. I don't care how tough things are. There's always something that you can find gratitude for. Um, make a decision that you're not going to procrastinate on things that are really important to your mind, body, spirit, relationships. We can start to change this country, Kevin. Your show is one of those ways we can start to change this country because there's very few hosts out there having individuals on that are talking about positive change. Most hosts love sensationalism. You're one of the anti-sensational hosts, in my opinion. You know, you're looking to help this world, which is what I've been doing for 43 years, and I'm never quitting. I'll be doing this at 100. Yes, as well you should be, because it, it amazes me. Now you're you're just a titch older than I am, and you've got amazing energy, and you you believe in what you're doing, and that is the key, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Well, I'll tell you what. Belief goes stronger with the risks that you take. Ah. Your beliefs get more ingrained when you're willing to go against the crowd when you know what you believe is the right thing for you. Now, my beliefs have changed over the years. It's not like 
I still believe everything I believed 40 years ago. For God's sake, I used to teach the law of attraction. I do not teach it anymore because it is not true, right? So our beliefs can change. But the way you get your beliefs super strong is by being secure, is by standing in the fire. Your beliefs will get stronger when someone tells you you're wrong and you don't argue. Your beliefs, you don't need to argue. They're your beliefs. You don't need to, to defend them. You don't need to explain them. You don't need to try to convince someone that they're wrong and your beliefs are right. Just live your beliefs. You know, my dad died uh, nine months ago. I'm sorry. And, and thank you. And, and I got to tell you something cool as hell about my dad. My dad was an introvert. He was an accountant. He, he, he really didn't do much outside of, he took care of us, you know, the best he could. But the coolest thing my dad did when we talk about belief systems, he always wanted to be an altar boy in the, in the Catholic church when he was a child. But he had to work on Sundays to bring in money for the family because they had no money. At 72, my dad became an altar boy. For 10 <laughs> years, he was in the church seven days a week as an altar boy. You can make a difference in this world at any age. He lifted people's spirits by seeing a 72-year-old become an altar boy. He lifted people through his actions, not his words, Kevin. By serving his community, he lifted people. Every person he saw loved him because of his actions, his integrity. I ask everyone listening today, make a difference. Make a difference in someone else's life. Do something different. Don't follow the crowd. Follow your heart and soul. You have so much power that might be untapped. And when you tap into it, you'll be changed forever. That's the reason I'm on Kevin's show. I'm not here just to sell books or just to sell me. I'm here to encourage you to tap into that incredible potential that Gandhi had, Mandela had, Mother Teresa had. We all have the same freaking potential. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, for God's sake. We all have the same potential to change the world. And it begins one day at a time, one statement at a time, one action at a time that you repeat over and over and over again until you are so radically changed as a human being. You wake up and you go, who the hell am I? When did I get so nice? When did I get so compassionate? When, when, when? Then you know you've hit a home run. Exactly, exactly. By the way, we've been talking with David Essel. Go to davidessel.com and you can that's a jumping off point to a myriad of different things that you can learn from him and his writings. He's got 12 books out there. He's a he's a marvelous individual. He was in the radio business for a long time. He's done he's done it all and uh and you must be really proud of yourself. Kevin, I'm really happy with myself. You know, I mean, it's not that I don't struggle, guys. I'm not some Pollyanna guy without any, you know, challenges. I've got enough challenges in my life, but I really like who I've become. And, and I think that's important. You know, my dad said to my brother a hundred times, the proudest I am of your brother, David, is his long-term sobriety that he's never broken. That long-term sobriety has opened my heart to be more compassionate, loving, and caring. And when people go to our site, Kevin, and they join our free program, Helping Americans Heal, just like the book, They'll get our other book on positive thinking absolutely free at talkdavid.com. Perfect. And thank you so much for being here. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And by the way, be kind to one another because each other is all we've got. We'll see you Wednesday at 4. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>